This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shop First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Ah. This movie. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, or the Italian title is Il Bueno, Il Bruto, Il Cattivo. I don't know. <laughs> Girlami. All right. 1966 is when this movie... <laughs> Gigliani. <laughs> 1966, directed by Sergio Leone. Written by Luciana Vinscazzoni. Story by Sergio Leone. Starring Clint Eastwood, Eli Wallach, and Lee Van Cleef. Lee right. Van Cleef. <laughs> Lee Van Cleef. <laughs> um, I'm the one who nominated this movie. Um, I obviously did not see this when it came out in theaters. Uh, but I did watch it a lot as a child with my dad. This is, my dad's a huge Clint Eastwood fan, if I haven't mentioned it in the past. And I believe this is his favorite, at least of the westerns. I know he's a big Dirty Harry fan and like Kelly's Heroes too. But as far as the spaghetti westerns, this is it for him. Um, and so I kind of just grew up watching it. One of the few movies that <laughs> we would watch with my dad because our d- tastes were so different. But this one, he kind of made us like, I think. <laughs> yeah, me and my brother. Um but it is a great movie. I got older and I really appreciate it much more than I did just kind of having to watch it with my dad. Um, so yeah, and now yep. one of the reasons I wanted to do it is because now with the whole Red Dead Redemption 2, everyone's talking westerns. It's, oh man, I wanted to play so bad after I watched the movie, but it was too <laughs> so late. Yeah. I had to go to sleep. Exactly. <laughs> um, so that's my history with it. Uh, Alex, yours? I've only seen bits and pieces because it was a very, it's a very long movie. Uh, so when I was a kid, you know, I'd only see parts here and there before I went off to play tag with my cousins or whatever because I, I liked westerns, but this one was a bit too much or maybe I just started, I got exposed to it when I was too young. But I finally saw the whole thing from beginning to end and it's amazing. I love this movie. Yep. All right, Scott. Um, yeah, did, didn't really sit down to watch this all the way through until I was an adult um my my dad also loved westerns but he was more into like the 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 typical john wayne uh kind of rio bravo kind of hey pilgrim yeah that kind of stuff i'm john wayne I mean, my dad loves those too <laughs> yeah. but, but i think i think just because those were on more often maybe at least on the the channels like the three channels that he would cycle through mm-hmm. um oh, yeah. but uh yeah like like i said this is this classic western um yeah, I feel like this is uh, required watching for anybody that that wants to know about westerns. Mm-hmm. I would agree, and we're only going to talk about this movie. But as everyone knows, it is part of a, or most people know, it's part of a trilogy, the Man with No Name trilogy. So watch Fistful of Dollars and a Few Dollars More as well. But I think this one's by far the better one. Mm-hmm. But 
I guess I could be biased because my dad liked this one the most, so that's the one we watched. But yeah, I guess uh, I was reading some trivia about this, and Sergio didn't even really intend for this to be a trilogy. Um, I don't know when the the flip uh, the switch flip for him, but I did notice. Um, well, I guess I'll get to it in my honorable mentions for this movie when I finally was like, oh, okay, this is how, this is the origin of this. Yeah, because I have seen the other two movies. Yeah, and I want to say like I've seen those other ones like once or twice, and I don't know if it's a continuous story. I just think it's Clint Eastwood character doesn't have a name, and he just kind of plays the same anti-hero right. or whatever, however you want to call it. That's one thing I do remember. We're watching this early on with my dad, and my dad was like, okay, he's the good guy, and he's the bad guy, and he's the ugly. And then I remember my mom like <laughs> interrupting and saying, yes, but they're all very bad, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> None of them true. are really good, so that much. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely remember that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it. As usual, we're just going to talk about seven topics from the movie. Um, any with every good, bad, or ugly. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one thing. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. No. Sorry. I, I was choking <laughs> up. Uh, the torture scene where they're singing outside and uh, the bad. And I, I don't remember any of these guys' names except for Tuco, but. When he's basically, they're torturing Tuco, trying to get angelized as torturing Tuco in the camp. And they have him, everyone's sitting outside to kind of hide the screams and everything. And it's, it's creepy. It's, it's, it's kind of funny in a weird way at the same time, but yeah, (laughs) it is. (laughs) And just this movie has a lot of that. Yeah. 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 It was was a very effective uh, use of that music because it was so inappropriate to what was actually happening. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Just that big brute just torturing the shit out of him. And then and then later on when you follow up, and they don't even try that with Clint, with uh, Blondie, because uh, they know he won't, won't even work. But it's a cool what, scene. What, 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 fresh from memory, why is it that they they know it won't work on him? I just judge a character, I think, if I remember correctly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, oh, this, this guy's a dirty Mexican. He'll cave after a few punches <laughs> in the face. Yeah, I know. Uh, more than a few. Oh uh, yeah, he takes a beating for years up. I'll give him credit, but he does. Um, so yeah, the torture singing uh, section of the movie. Alex, uh, my number seven is, and this is just a westerns in general. But how do shops stay in business? How? Somebody Tuco just goes in. He says, I want to see the guns. Oh, give me a cartridge. Now give me all your money. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> that just found, I found that profoundly hilarious. I'm like, no, there has to be something in the Old West that used to prevent these things. Yeah, Wyatt Earp. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess the, there was no sheriff in this town or he was a drunk. Yeah. I, I don't know. I obviously. Did, yeah, I really did like that dialogue there, though, with... In fact, he doesn't say like, anything along the lines of "give your money." It's just the <laughs> how much do things cost. Just go in reverse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's all I've got. <laughs> yeah, Two hundred. That's all I've got. Then he leaves him the whiskey. Yeah, he does leave him the whiskey. <laughs> all right, Scott, number seven. Uh, number seven are the uh, the titles um, which show up in the beginning and the end. It's such a, a cool, yeah. like, little, like, gimmick. Uh, you normally I would roll my eyes at something like that, but it, 
I, but I don't know. Uh, it just really works here. I like all the the close ups and everything, and the, the Sergio Leone score when he when he's doing it. Um, and then at the end, like <laughs> isn't like Lee Van Cleef's corpse there is the ugly <laughs> too, which is great. <laughs> yeah, the bad <laughs> or, the, or the bad. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a little trivia. There is like some mix up with who's supposed to be the bad and the ugly depending on like which version you're watching. Oh really? Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Hmm. What in Mexico? <laughs> Is that really <laughs> yeah. switch? Um, well, I think like the Italian version had it like mixed up or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I think if you look at the poster, um, I think it has it backwards. The, the Eli- Italian. But, uh... Eli Wallach is one badass Mexican. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Little old Jewish man mm-hmm. <laughs> made his bones playing banditos. Uh, yeah, I really like the, the little title cards they, they had for each of the three characters. All right. That's, yeah, that's awesome. All right, my number six, and it's uh, one of my few negatives, and it's, it's not even a negative, but just as a, you know, this movie's before our generations do things. That are, it's the Italian, like, the dubbing and everything in this movie when it's bad. You know, we've been doing a lot of, like, kung fu movies and stuff, so maybe I'm getting a little more used to it, but it still yeah. stands out. And, <laughs> like, like, who am I? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, just yeah, the, all the Italians being dubbed and it's just bad. I, I don't like it. So, yeah. That's my number six. I gotta pick up one negative. <laughs> Alright, Alex, number six. Yeah. Uh, speaking of bad dubbing, uh, my number six is that awesome uh, battle at the bridge that they get roped into. And yeah, the captain is like a drunk, yeah. mostly because he's depressed. He's fighting a pointless battle and he knows it and he's just sending in his men to die. But yeah, I think he was the most dubbed uh, actor out of everybody, right? He's pretty bad. Yeah, that one definitely stands out to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the old man in but bed that... in the beginning is like, Ugh. yeah. Oh, hey, that one's bad. I want to see the kid at the very. Was it the kid at the beginning pushing the donkey? <laughs> I, I don't. There was a few of them that just yeah, really bad. <laughs> um, but anyways, that battle at the bridge was awesome. So like it was, it was towards the end. It was one of those. This movie has so many asides that it it kind of derails, but also it's Whoa. so entertaining that <laughs> it I did, yeah. It doesn't really no matter. I love all the like little side quests that they take, but this one yeah, it's also a side thing. But yeah, it 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 ends up that this whole battle is in the way, so they stop a war pretty much. Yeah, no, I all the all the uh, sorry, all the budget went into all these explosions and special effects in this shot. It was amazing. Yeah, I do love the fact it's set during the Civil War. They do mm-hmm. run across stuff. Jeebus, and they put all that dynamite, and that bridge blew up in one go. It was amazing. <laughs> oh yeah, so one question: When they were laying down in the dirt, and everybody was firing the cannons, did they just? Fall asleep, and then it was the day, the next day, where everybody was gone. I don't think they fell asleep. I just took it as they just put their heads down and just. <laughs> I guess maybe they eventually fell asleep. I don't know. I just like yeah, I just cover and just lay there as long as possible. And maybe yeah, you I don't know if you fall asleep, but you pass out. I don't yeah, know. I don't know, maybe because it seemed like the battle was pretty over and everybody just disappears. <laughs> was everybody ghosts? Nah. I figured that they were just laying there for a very long time. Because he had to kick Tuco awake. At, at least that's what it looked like to me. Oh, yeah. That's true. Mm. 
But yeah, number six, the Battle of the Bridge. It's awesome. All right. Um, well, my number five turns into I just talk about like the fact that it's set in the Civil Civil War, and I like when they're being when the God, I forgot exactly which part it is, but when the guys show up in the they say they're the gray coats and the guy dust off their yeah, <laughs> yeah the whole time hooray for Dixie or yeah, whatever the show yeah <laughs> cheering for the South and hooray then, for General yeah, who's that, who's yeah. General Lee <laughs> hooray for General Lee yeah and then he dusts the dust off and it's it's blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh. <laughs> it's classic. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, they just you know they go into the different camps. Like I don't know which version you saw. There's one where they get, he gets like a bunch of chickens and the guys ripping the feathers. I think that's a, a deleted scene that's in some of the episodes now. Oh, I saw that scene. Yeah, okay. Yeah, where he gets uh, with his three other pals. Yeah, together to go after Blundy. Yeah, I believe that is a. At least it wasn't in the versions I watched as a kid. Maybe I was always watching the TV version, and then now I finally okay. saw the real one on DVD. I don't know, but yeah, I got the the extended version, okay. the extended English version. So, anyway, there's the Civil War stuff, and specifically that scene where he dusts off his coat and reveals that he's a North soldier, not a South. Alex, yeah, it's Scott number six. No, we didn't. Scott, did we? Number six, and this is something that that goes on throughout the trilogy. <laughs> oh shit. Sorry. But it's it's always entertaining, and it's the perhaps the most satirical part of the Sergio Leone westings. But all the hat shooting, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's not a western without a hat shooting. Yeah, um, especially in, in in his movies, uh, in particular the the first time you see him um, cut <laughs> to go down from the from the noose, and then he just starts oh, shooting yeah. hats off of everybody. Like, it's always that same sound effect too. That yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a silly thing, but it's always entertaining. Yeah, um, you know, in the, in the previous movies they get in like the hat shooting contests, but <laughs> um, and then at the the very end when he when he shoots his hat into the grave with uh, angel eyes, just to make sure that everything of him is in that that shallow grave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has anyone ever done like a spoof where he shoots through a hat but it just hits a guy behind the hat? It's <laughs> a lady walking down the street. <laughs> no, but now we got to write a movie around that whole premise. <laughs> All right, now Alex, number five. Uh, my number five is that this movie has just great, great visual storytelling, like great editing. Uh, the panoramic shots are amazing. It makes like the environment, it's a character all on its own. But I really love the editing, especially when those three guys are coming to ambush Blondie upstairs, and you can uh, they're walking up the stairs, but at the same time the soldiers are marching, and it's just edited like so good that you, there's no dialogue in that scene because you don't need it. You can tell everything that's going on just by watching the movie play out, and I love it when movies do that. It's amazing. It's like uh, when you um, tell it's it's like when a comedian tells a joke, if you if you have to explain it, then it's not good. Or yeah, well, it's also in filmmaking actually. If the storyboards don't make sense, if you have to explain it, then it's no good. You got to rewrite them. So in this movie, like as a whole, everything was just visually apparent as to what was going on. It's fantastic. Yep, I agree. And like you, uh, just to follow up on what my Civil War stuff, that all like always the battle stuff going on would yeah. just always put it in there. And that one scene where they do have Blondie 
he has him in the noose, and then the cannon fire hits him, and he's able to escape, all that stuff. <laughs> um, oh, one, one thing that I, I wanted to mention that I had forgot about, when they're, so after the part where they get captured by the, by the Union Army, <laughs> why do they make them march into camp like that? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Like, they, put, they, they have them, like, set up and march like they're actual soldiers for them at that point. Yeah, maybe it's, they figured, because the rest of them are soldiers, right? So wouldn't they just, you know, give them orders exactly how they're used to so that they comply easier? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. We might be. That's a good question. Anyway. Anyway. Um, I mean, they're all Americans. I don't know what that means. They weren't going to kill them. <laughs> like the shit that happened in other wars, world wars. All right, um, where are we at now? Scott, number five? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> one thing that I that I knew that I was going to be thinking about while I was watching this that I didn't want to talk about, but it's just so pervasive, is that... Uh, that these movies are so dehydrating. Uh, yeah. Especially this uh, yeah. one. I, I was, I was going to say thirsty, but that has a whole new connotation these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scott was dying of thirst watching yeah, this movie. Yeah, yeah, um, But God, just, I feel like you have to have like a giant glass of ice water like, to get through this whole movie like with you at all time. Just, just or the way, or the way, whiskey. Or whiskey. <laughs> just the way that they shoot it, it just feels like everybody is just sweating and in the sun and squinting and, Everything's hot and dusty, and and they're wearing clothes that just not seem yeah. good for them. Yeah, they're wearing like <laughs> yeah. hot clothes, and I just want people to stop every once in a while and just drink some water or something. God damn it! Yeah, yeah. and the only people. Uh, Go ahead. And then you know, water actually becomes part of the plot with uh, when uh, Clint gets marched to the desert. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. the only people who drink water in this movie are the horses. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Ah, uh, Tuco. Yeah. When he pulled a fin in the dirty water. Yeah, it's true. Or yeah. vice versa. All right. Right. All right. Well, my number four is the desert crossing scene. Um, and for pretty much everything you just said, the, you know, he gets, the, he gets his revenge on Blondie and has him do it. And the whole time he's got a little, like, pink umbrellas, him staying out of the shade, <laughs> hip drinking. He's doing, uh, uh, was it Lucky? Who is it from... Yeah, Three amigos. <laughs> yeah, he's a little water. He throws it at him, and he starts kicking it away. And just the the makeup and the lips of Clint Eastwood, like ah, just go back to what Scott was saying. Yeah, ah, just that whole scene, just torture, torture, and that luckily, kind of saved by that stagecoach, and I, know, I just thought that whole revenge, and and he wasn't pulling a a bad guy trope of just letting him out to die. He was. <laughs> He was there the whole time. He, I mean, he could have killed him quick, but he was doing the torture, but he was seeing it through to the end, and I like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, only the, the luck of the stagecoach and the treasure and the Bill Carson and all that stuff happening. But the desert crossing, awesome. Alex, number four. My number four, and uh, I couldn't lump in the good, the bad, and the ugly all into one thing, so I gave them their own spots on my list, because they're just too good as characters. And my number four is the bad. On IMDb he's listed as Sentenza, but I don't know if they ever mentioned that in the film. Do you guys remember? 
He's just Angel Eyes? Yeah, I just remember Angel Eyes. Maybe Sentenza might be like the Italian something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but he's, Lee Van Cleet does a phenomenal job being a villain. Even though he has the least amount of screen time of the three, he's just so... He's got a, you know, that Lee Van Cleef look, and he's all in black and everything, and he's he makes quite an entrance, killing, like, almost an entire family. Son of a bitch. Uh, it's fan, it's he's, he's amazing. And it's almost when he was questioning that uh, prostitute to get information out of her, that was almost, that was borderline a slasher film right there. And hmm. he was just slapping her around. Like, whoa. That was harsh. Yeah, that was brutal. But yeah, his old thing and everything and he's, he's one of those guys that has a very distinct face awesome super squinty <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but not as squinty as the squinter of squinties no yeah mr eastwood all right uh scott what's your number four uh number four is uh best line in the movie all, all timeline and uh fantastic little scene uh for tuco um, when he's taking the bath, <laughs> and the <laughs> the bounty hunter sneaks up on him and tells him, "Like, I've been after you for was it like six months? And now I get revenge for my arm." Blah blah blah. He's just telling him how much he's going to enjoy it, and Tuco just shoots him, <laughs> and then because uh, he has the the gun in the bathtub with him, underneath all the bubbles, and he says, "You're going to shoot, shoot, don't talk." Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's a great line, great little scene. It is, mm-hmm. and I always wondered if, if in Die Hard that was kind of stolen from that. With the you run out of table, pal. <laughs> Thanks for the advice. It's kind of a twist on that. Yeah. Um, yep, I may have a little more to say about that in a little bit. But my number three is the standoff at the end. Okay. Um, what's a good western without the <laughs> at least these spaghetti westerns with the standoff when you got mm-hmm. the good and the bad, and the ugly and. Of course, Blondie has a little advantage going on everybody, and he knew who was going to do who, and bullets, and blah, blah, blah. Um, awesome. He played everybody as a fool, but just the tension, and the music, and the squinting, and oh, by God, great. the squinting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was good casting, because Tuco had the white eyes, and then Angel Eyes were kind of half squint, and then you just got the full, the full just squinty lines from Eastwood. So, uh, so, so the way that all plays out, Jeff... Uh... It's Tuco and uh, Blondie both draw on Angel Eyes. Correct. Okay. So See, here's Scott mansplaining it to you, Jeff. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> I think he was asking more than explaining, but go ahead. Oh, okay. No, that derailed me. I'm done. <laughs> I was going to ask some questions, but yeah, I'm good. <laughs> my, no, my, thought, okay, my thought was he wasn't sure about Tuco. But Tuga doesn't have any bullets, right? So right, <laughs> no bullets. <laughs> so he's gonna take care of Lee Van Cleef, and then, then if Tuka would have went for him, I don't think Tuka would have survived the end of the movie. But because he went after him, he has a little bit of sympathy for him right. So yeah, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Well, by that point, he knew he was he didn't have bullets. But <laughs> but, but I'm saying yeah. it was a test. Like yeah, for, yeah. For yeah. Later on, when he comes back and shoots the rope. That's how I always looked at it. So, so that, at that point, it was just straight that that uh, Blondie was faster than Angel Eyes. Yes. Yeah, and, and, yeah. A little more to say about that uh, down my list. Yeah. But yeah, just mm-hmm. the music, the wind, like they said, the squinting, and the just everything about it. Awesome. 
All right, Alex, number three. My number three is Blondie. Clint Eastwood is great, as always, in Westerns, the man with no name. Uh, But it's Blondie. He's just one lucky son of a bitch. (laughs) Like he's about to die and something is. (laughs) Deus Ex Machina, something happens. (laughs) Uh, That's fantastic. And I like that how... um, Clint, of course, Blondie doesn't have a lot of lines, but you can tell, like, sometimes what he's thinking just through his actions. And that, I guess, speaks to, like, what a Western man, like a cowboy, should be. Just his actions speak louder than his words. Uh, But I really liked that uh, short scene, especially when they finally cross the river and they see one of the southern soldiers, and he's just a kid. And uh, there's, uh, like, a lot of this movie, there's no dialogue, but you can tell you know what's going on in his mind and it's heartbreaking yeah and he gives him the cigar for a last puff and he gives him his coat and everything so he's comfortable in his last moments yeah that's that was a hard watch mm-hmm. but yeah and he's just so cool like though i don't forget the number he says but when he when he's under angel eyes when you know, angel eyes is taking him in their little town and he goes six or five of you five's a good, it's a good number Oh, yeah. Why is that? Well, we got five bullets or something like that. I forgot <laughs> yeah. the line, but it's awesome. Seven bullets, but yeah, okay. you got it right. Yeah, uh, yeah, he is just so cool. Mm-hmm. Then he can teleport. He tell first of all when the yeah when he's in the hotel and the noose around his neck, the cannonball hits, and then Tuco looks up and he's gone. And then later <laughs> in the desert, when the stagecoach. Drives by, oh. and uh, Tuco's going to go, oh, I get you some water. Don't die. Don't die. <laughs> and it goes over, and it comes back, and Clint Eastwood's like right there. It's like, what? Yeah. That was fast. <laughs> and I guess at the very end when he's riding off, and he's, he's, he's that gallop's doing it. The horse can teleport, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's um. like uh, Blondie and whoever he's touching immediately, he can teleport. He had fast travel enabled. Up, yeah, yeah. up, up to one character per level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Isn't that like a, whatchamacallit, uh, Nightcrawler. There it is. Bam. There it is. <laughs> All right, Scott, number three. Uh, number three is the soundtrack. Uh, iconic soundtrack um, that that makes uh, some great scenes and elevates them to all-time classics. Uh, like Jeff, you mentioned the, the showdown at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. The music changes there. Just the that whole wow, wow. <laughs> yeah. uh, it matches the the scenery almost. Just the, the music feels hot and dusty, uh, <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. um, the the maestro uh, Maricone, Mary Enrico Maricone, Maricone. Yeah. Uh, I always mm-hmm. mispronounce that, but uh, yeah, he's uh, doing some some yeoman's work here. I agree. That's my number two as well. The soundtrack, the score, the epic song, you know, just the single song everyone knows from this, but the entire score um, from the opening credits to the end credits to the extent we already mentioned the shootout, um, like the tracking scenes when uh, when he does fall through the noose and then, but then uh, uh, Tuco's on his trail the whole time and Every time he gets to a campsite and the it's a little bit more fresh and warm every time he gets there until this time where he picks up the cigar and there's still a little bit of 
little heat in it, a little bit of spark in it. That's another thing. All this dehydration, and they're still smoking these nasty <laughs> cigars. Ugh. Um, Swish your sweets, bro. <laughs> I, Do you I like the it. one point Tuco bites off the end of the cigar and just starts chewing on it? Jeez, I don't remember that. Jesus. Yeah. It's real it's early on. <laughs> um, But yeah, the score is amazing. Didn't uh, didn't he just do something very recently for Tarantino? Um, Quentin Tarantino. He might have done that. I think he did a hateful eight. The, yeah, the hateful eight. I know my mom and dad went to see his like he had a museum or an exhibit passing through here a few years ago. It might have been like on display at the Gene Autry Museum, or I don't know, something like that. And they went and saw this. And it was pretty cool. Hmm. Oh, anyway, yeah, agreed. The score is my number two. So Alex. Uh, my number two is Tuco. He's my favorite of the three. Not just because he's Mexican, but because <laughs> but he's right. Uh, but he's the one that has the most uh, uh, character arc. He's the he's the one that. Eh, I mean, he doesn't really. None of them really change at the yeah, end. I don't know if he has an arc. <laughs> he, well, he has a half arc and then goes back, like immediately. But I love Tuco. Right from the beginning, <laughs> it's like the first big laugh is like almost the first scene where all those guys, it was super tense right from the beginning. They all rush into the thing, you hear gunshots, and then Tuco jumps out of the window with a haunch of meat. Yep. <laughs> and he's still got a big bib on his face. <laughs> he looks around and just starts running off. Oh my gosh. That was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. But other than that... uh Tuco's, uh, you know, he's. You discovered that he's in it with Blondie to build like sheriffs out of some money. They're running the con, and then uh, another heart wrenching scene when he meets his brother in the mission. Yeah. Oh, that was great. And I love all his li- the Eli uh, Malik Wallach Wallach, all his uh, mannerisms and everything. Whenever he sees a dead person or something, he always does the sign of the cross. But then afterwards, he kind of like just this. Does this little wave like he's waving away all the bad spirits? <laughs> like every time it gets me. Uh, and yeah, he's a son of a bitch, but uh, yeah, uh, no, nah, he's a son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Also, I haven't heard anybody cussing Spanish that much since American Me. <laughs> <laughs> Because, I mean, at the he has the very last line in the movie, and they had to censor, you know, son of a bitch. But he says way worse stuff in Spanish. Before that, he's like sh- calling him... Holy crap. Like a... What does he say to him? Pig. Wait, pig. Wait, what was the question? Sorry, I missed it. Oh, the Tuco is... Uh, they had to censor out son of a bitch at the very end. Yeah. But he was, like, cussing way more in, in Spanish. Right, but what but did before, Scott just say? I was asking before, what exactly did he say in Spanish. I don't remember. Oh, oh. Oh, something about hijo de putas. And uh, you know what your mother is? Pinchy cabron. He's saying just every, everything. Yeah. We're going to get... Okay, so I have a little more to say about this when we get to my number one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Scott, number two. Number two is the trio. The titular trio. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, Alex has pretty much covered them with with, with uh, his list. Um, I, I I do like to to add to what Alex is saying uh, about Tuco. Is he's the only one that you really get any backstory for? 
Um, and it, <laughs> he's obviously the most emotive of the three. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, whereas uh, Clint and uh, it was Blondie and Angel Eyes were kind of, mm, I don't say different sides of the same coin, but I don't know, maybe <laughs> maybe two halves of a, the other side of the coin. Uh, just that uh, where Angel Eyes is kind mm-hmm. of psychotic. Um, Blondie's just mercenary, uh, mm-hmm. but not uh, masochistic. Although he does make he does leave him out alone to die in the desert. That's kind of fucked up. Oh yeah, uh, I think he might have exaggerated how far away that town was because at seventy miles, uh, when he stated the town was seventy miles away for Tuco, he didn't look that bad when he got to town. Yeah, but Blondie looked like. Hot shit on a griddle. Jeebus. No, my mom was right. None of them are good. Yeah, no, that's true. (laughs) It's like uh, when Tuco finally finds him and he's about to snipe his new partner (laughs) and save his life. He's like, can't this wait? He doesn't even try. He's like, sorry, shorty. (laughs) And that's it. That's all she wrote. (laughs) All right. Um, My number one is Tuco. Um, I had like five different things from him specifically, so I just rolled it all up into one thing. So, uh, you guys have mentioned all three are good, but Tuco uh, is by far the best. He's the most charismatic, right? Yeah, yeah. Of everything, He's fast talking. Um, well, I, I don't. He doesn't really have much of a arc. He does. You know, you find out more about his backstory, like you said, with his brother and the mission and everything. But he's still, he's only being nice and stuff just to heal <laughs> Blondie, so he can get the treasure and just go back to being who he is. But um, you guys have already nailed it. Their intro, of all the guys coming in on him and him jumping out of the window with a piece of meat. <laughs> um, if you're going to shoot, shoot. Um, him coming back from the desert scene and like not saying anything and getting the gun and testing it and like putting together the gun from other guns, like building the perfect gun, practicing with it, and then the reverse, the reverse negotiations. It's all awesome. And then I have here some quotes. That are awesome. So we already have when you when you when you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. And then the reverse line to uh, Blondie: If you save your breath, I feel the man like you can manage it. And if you don't manage it, you'll die. Only slowly, very slowly, old friend. There are two kinds of people in this world, my friend: those with a rope around the neck, the people who have the job of doing the cutting. Um, just all these stuff. Yeah, there the, are two the, kinds of spurs. Spurs, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those yeah. that come in by the door, and those two kinds of everything. Yeah. yeah. And then as you mentioned, hey, Blondie, you know what you are? Just a dirty son of a... Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't die. Don't die, Blondie. There's, there's a bunch. I'm not going to read all of them, but... <laughs> yeah, when he, the, when he flips the switch, tell me the name, damn it. <laughs> okay, Blondie, don't die. Your friend is here. Your yeah. friend Tuco's here. <laughs> and then when he tries to trick him... He's like, oh, the doctor, they did everything they could, but it's too late. You know what I would do? Your best friend, just to, just confide in Tuco. Just tell me. What's the name of the guy? Yeah. That's <laughs> oh, uh, awesome. A couple other ones. I'm looking for the owner of that horse. He's tall, blonde, he smokes a cigar, and he's a pig. <laughs> <laughs> and yep. then when, uh, the last one is when he turns him in the, the first time. And, like, Kaliswood drops him off at the sheriff's office or whatever. He's like, who the hell is that? One bastard goes in, another comes out. <laughs> oh, I loved it. Um, yeah, so Tuco is awesome. All three are great, but he definitely gets my 
number one. Alex. Number one. My number one is the music. I knew the music way before I saw even the first clip of this movie. It's phenomenal. Uh, they they um, they use the music very effectively. Not only as a score, but also as stinger for important moments, and not always in the same way. Sometimes it's the whistle. Sometimes it's like the. Uh, uh, it it sounds like a natural wood made flute or something. It's like ooh, like that one. It, I can't say yeah. enough about the soundtrack. Yeah, There's only good. one bad part in the music, and that's when. Uh, I think it's Tuco and Blondie, right before they get captured by the drunk captain. They're riding their horses for about two steps, and then it just seems like somebody turns the volume knob down on the music really fast. I'm like, what the hell was that? But that was like the only misstep in the soundtrack, in my opinion. Everything else is fantastic. It's great. All right, Scott, number one. Number one is three-way showdown at the end. Uh, All right. Throughout the entire movie, you see that uh, all three of them are phenomenal gunmen. Uh, well, it's kind of surprised when Tuco starts doing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, because in the intro, he killed all those guys, but you didn't really see it, so you don't like really know what happens <laughs> until he gets to the shop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they, as Jeff was saying earlier, the the tension, the close-ups, all the squinting. Um, and then the music changes uh, from the, the usual uh, kind of rattlesnake <laughs> yeah. thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's uh, a, a another iconic moment in the film. It's a three-way showdown. So that's my number one. Very nice. Um, do you guys remember, is, which is the one with the little clock, the pocket watch? Or the little no, is it a pocket watch or is it the yeah, s- it, it, sound yeah, it's box? a no, it's a clock, it's a pocket watch, I think, but it plays the song. Yeah, and it's pretty much the same it, scene except once that goes off, they shoot each other. So I think that's a fistful of dollars, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it might be yeah for a few dollars more. <laughs> I know, those. I know, one of them is pretty much Yojimbo uh, yeah. from Akira Kurosawa, yeah, yeah. but uh, I get him confused. Yeah, same here. All right, um, I only have one one honorable mention. It's it's kind of early on when they're in the town, and <laughs> there's the sl- the guy with no legs, and Eddie's what? Oh, what does he say? Shit, Eddie's small soldier. Eddie's small soldier, yeah. and he's just talking about there's a fresh new whore in town and all this stuff. Eddie's oh, so <laughs> oh, what's the term? Shit. Anyway, you I'll look it up real quick. I should have shit should've... kicker. Do you guys have any uh, honorable mentions? Half soldier. Eddie's half soldier. That's what it is. Any honorable mentions? I think we must have covered it. Okay. At least I did. Uh, When uh, Angel Eyes is at that uh, destroyed um, base and everything for the south, and the guys, uh, the major or captain, is throwing just a bunch of corn uh, corn cobs in the water to boil them because that's all they have to eat. Mm Mm-hmm. His teeth are really fucked up. <laughs> You're like, there's no way Hollywood would cast anybody like that. It's like everybody in this movie has like a visual, like facial character. I like that. Yeah. It's not something you see every day nowadays. Everybody has to be perfect with straight teeth and everything. 
Not only that, but the, the whiskey he was drinking was really brown, like really brown. The brownness of the brown liquors. <laughs> yeah, it was like syrup coming out of the bottle. I was like, Jeebus. Yeah, and to go back to the dehydration thing, I think Brian's mentioned this before, like, how could they just go into a saloon in the desert and just drink whiskey? Yeah. And, like, not even, like, good whiskey. (laughs) But I guess the water was probably filled with bacteria, so at least you're not going to get sick from drinking (laughs) that whiskey. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Not that kind of sick, anyway. (laughs) Yeah, the the thought of, like, being out in Vegas in the desert for, like, an hour and then just going and just drinking whiskey does not make me... Hot whiskey, not even, like, on the rocks. Just... Yeah. Yeah. Margarita, on the other hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, our crossover list. Oh wait, we got to rate it. Uh, as usual, we uh, rate the movie in a score. It's going to be easy. One to seven. <laughs> one being crap. Seven being perfection. Um. So here we go. I. This is tough for me. It's obviously going to be really high. I don't think I can give it a seven because the length. Oh, boo. Does hurt it a little bit for me. Uh, uh, no, it doesn't. It's very close for me, but it's given me a, a... I've watched this so many times, but seven is tough for me. It, ask me another day, it could be six, but, or seven, but right now it's a six for me. Yeah, Alex loves all the length. He'll take all of it. Yeah, I will. All right, Alex, since you've only seen this one time, give me your seven. Yeah, it is a seven. Right. This movie's phenomenal. Yeah, it is. I agree. And I don't know how... I mean, it's one of those few movies that it's two and a half hours... Over two and a half hours long, almost three hours. But I did. I wasn't. It didn't feel slow for me. Everything was always engaging and entertaining. I never felt like, oh my gosh, this is this is taking too long or anything like that. Everything was paced. The comedy was spot on in the right places. The drama was in the right places. So was the action. Top to bottom, fantastic. Seven all the way. Well, I'll just say. When you do rewatch it, I think the stuff in the mission drags. I think the stuff with the bridge drags and doesn't really move. It's great stuff for the characters, but once you watch it a few times, I'm always kind of like, all right, let's get to the to, let's get to the ending. <laughs> um, so that's why I would put it at a six. But like I said, it's so close. If, if It wouldn't kill me to put it at a seven. But anyway, Scott. A uh, six. Uh, okay. Basically, yeah, it's too long. <laughs> and, and as you mentioned, uh, it's... Hard to really hold it against it, but yeah, the dubbing's fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is the sixties. Near, near perfect. All right. And nobody mentioned it. We with the very end scene with Tuco hanging from the, the standing on the grave. We don't really talk about the ending with the surprise of it's the grave next, the no name grave next to Bill Carson. That was a cool little yeah. twist, and then it. Uh, him coming back and shooting the rope. I do, I do like he, he leaves him in the middle of nowhere, but he does leave him half a loot. Oh yeah, so Tuco can't be that mad. No, let's <laughs> call him a let's call him a son of a. Ay, ay, ay. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh yeah. Sorry. Uh, honorable mention. This is where the man in no name gets his signature clothing. So this is a prequel if it's a trilogy, but probably not. Okay, I don't think I put that together, but the poncho. Not only that, but the vest, the animal vest-looking thing that he has on, after yeah. Angel Eyes tells him, here, put this on, that's a signature from the other two movies. So what I think is uh, uh, Leone just wanted to make you know Western movies, and then one of the marketers here in the U.S. was spinning it as like a, 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 that it could be a trilogy, 
because it's you know Clint Eastwood is bringing the same thing, practically the same character in two movies, and maybe Leone caught on to the fact and he's like, okay, let's you know you're kind of right, let's make this into like a prequel of sorts to see how he gets his stuff. I mean, it doesn't make sense why he would go be in those other two movies if he already has a hundred thousand dollars to his name, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I like that. That's how he got his signature man with no name look is in this movie. All right, I'm actually... I'll look at this up. We're going with the chronological order. I never thought about that. I know release order, it's a fistful of dollars, a few dollars yeah. more on Good Man of the Ugly, but... Mm-hmm. All right, anyway, our crossover list is uh, top five standoffs in movies, entertainment, books, video games. So, of course, we talked about the end of the movie. We all liked it. But uh, what other ones compare or do they compare? Um, so, no. <laughs> my They number don't. F- this is the best standoff. Yeah. My number five, uh, which I don't know. I, mean, I was doing some research on this. Is standoff a Mexican standoff? Is there a difference? Yeah. Mexican standoff is with three. Mexicans? Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it's a it's a three way standoff. That's what's called a Mexican standoff. Mm. All right. Well, I took all forms of standoff. No, not to be confused with the Portuguese handoff. <laughs> oh, Jesus! <laughs> Whoa! That's right. God, that's gross. Don't look that up, children. <laughs> Although Don't. that probably won't turn up anything, but <laughs> <laughs> won't it though, Jeff? <laughs> Actually, you're right. Anyway. Uh, my first standoff is from, I almost want to get my first Gandalf. My first standoff, mm-hmm. my Gandalf standoff, mm-hmm. is from Lethal Weapon 2. Um, it's, I just, I think it's just because of the last line he says. It's when, uh, Mel Gibson is in the South African, <laughs> uh, South little. South Africa. <laughs> the base, what, what you call it, and he on has a boat. Him in, Huh? They're on the ship, I thought. No, no, I'm not, not talking about the ship. I'm talking about when... He's uh he just got done doing some snooping around and he get he comes to the main office and he's like finds the notepad and they come in and the one guy has a gun pointed at him. They all have gun pointed at him and he has the gun pointed at the boss and he goes, Eeny meeny my Enmo and he shoots the <laughs> aquarium and yeah. you know, shoot, the shoot, it's not really a standoff. Shoot the breeze, shooting his fish. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I think it was just because of the Enmo. And then it's followed up by the because I'm Joe Pesci telling the story. Hilarious. <laughs> so good and bad and the ugly. Mel Gibson shooting the fish tank. It's number five. Nice. Alex. My number five is just doing the standoffs in Red Dead Redemption 2. It's awesome. It's the hardest part of the game for me. I haven't done those yet. But there's this side mission where um, you have to go find these famous gunslingers. And you don't have to fight them, but... You know, you have to fight him, type of deal. And, uh, yeah, you you can do this, like, uh, charge up your slow-mo. And even in slow-mo, I lose track of time because it's like, hey, I want to line up the perfect shot. Oh, I'm dead. Retry. <laughs> so it, you really have to have, you really have to tune in your skill in order to, even in slow-mo, just, like, shoot him in the face or in the heart. It's challenging, but it's fun. Very cool. I have to try that. I haven't gotten that far yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I haven't played it in a month and a half. Um, <laughs> Scott, number five. Number five is Pulp Fiction. The the standoff at the diner at the end with uh, Ooh, um, good one. Fonzie. 
with Ringo, <laughs> Ringo and Honey Bunny and Jules. <laughs> Fonzie. Uh, yeah, just a lot of tension. I, I Amanda Plummer makes that scene with the. <laughs> I have to pee. <laughs> yeah. The, Say, bitch, be cool. Bitch, be, be cool. cool. I'll execute every one of you, motherfuckers. And she goes, you know, from they go from confident to, to freaked out. Uh, but yeah, that, that whole sequence uh, with Sam Jackson's awesome with the. Mm-hmm. Hate to shatter your ego, but this ain't the first time I've had a gun pointed at me. Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like not bothered by it at all. Uh, yeah. You know the way the whole scene plays out. Eventually, Vincent comes out. He's like, "If you give that Nimrod three thousand dollars, I'm going to shoot him on principle." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great scene. Nice. All right. Well, my number four is another Quentin Tarantino movie, and it'll be Reservoir Dogs. Okay. And it would be the very oh, the very end of my list. So good. When they're all some some people are already shot, some aren't, and they're all. There's <laughs> like it's not a Mexican standoff. I don't know what that. Maybe that is a Portuguese standoff. There's like five <laughs> guys just pointing guns at each other, and they mm-hmm. all dead. Only Mister Pink makes it away. <laughs> um. So yeah, Reservoir Dogs, great movie. Uh, that's it. That's my number four. Alex, my number four is from a not so great movie, Escape from L.A. This is the only part that I liked. Well, not the only part, but uh, Snake Pliskin is in a Mexican standoff with some guy who's just like, all right, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to throw this can in the air, and then when it hits the ground, that's when we start. <laughs> so everybody backs up. He throws the can in the air, and when everybody looks up, he just kills everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody drops to the ground, and then the can hits the floor. Oh, that was great. Yep. <laughs> So you know what's funny? Classic I have never seen snake. That. Mm-hmm. I have never seen that movie before, but that was the trailer for it. And he said, <laughs> well, no one shoots until I say draw. And then he does that, and he shoots everybody, and the can hits the ground, and he goes, draw. At least that's how I remember it from the trailer. I don't know, I could be wrong. But... And Lee Van Cleef's in Escape from New York. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I have seen that one. All right, Scott, number four. Number four is Desperado. Uh, early on in the movie, oh, that was a good one. When uh, El Mariachi uh, goes into the bar um, with the, they piss in the beer, and uh, he's he's got the mariachi case, and everybody freaks out, and he's like, he opens it up, and oh, it's just a mariachi, but then it accidentally opens up with all the guns, <laughs> and Antonio Banderas is great here. He starts putting <laughs> his fingers in there, and he's like, ah, like hold on, and then the shootout commences. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, because <laughs> he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to have to kill them, but you know, it, it happens anyway. Mm-hmm. That, then he pistol whips. He makes well. Yeah, he, he whips his pistols yeah. to make the bullets come out harder or faster, or whatever. It works. It works. Yeah. <laughs> and then he snaps a guy's neck. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> All right. Just a quick follow up on the order to watch the. There's no real order. I guess chronologically, Alex was right. Uh, Good, Bad, and the Ugly Ooh. is where he gets his outfit. But everyone says Good, Bad, and the Ugly is the best, so you should probably end on a high note. <laughs> yeah. Serio. <laughs> so. So it's it's Lee Van Cleef's in the Yojimbo one, right? No, in the other one. Because that he's also wants revenge for his sister. Okay. That the guy killed. Okay. All right, so Clint's the only one in all three. And then uh, Eli Wallach's only in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Uh, where did we live? That was Alex or that was Scott. Yeah. Okay. So number three. My number three is Tombstone between oh, Johnny yeah. Ringo and Doc Holliday. It's not a very sure. long one. It goes by pretty quick. There's a couple good standoffs, but yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Like, that's the big one, right? That's the one at the end. The, the two. Oh, dialogue there is so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm your Huckleberry. Johnny Ringo looked like somebody just walked over your grave. Over your grave. And we can tell Ringo's actually afraid because he says, "Fight's not with you, Holiday." The frost is more than he could bear. The frost. Wait, the what, what, what? What, Jeff? Does he say the frost? No, no, the strain. The strain. Well, what, think, what am I thinking yeah, of the frost from? The frost from? <laughs> <laughs> You're right, that makes no sense. But isn't there another movie where there is another movie where the or am I just thinking of Iron Man where you can't control the cold in the sky? There's something where cold affects something. <laughs> yeah. Well that's Iron sticks. Man. Yeah. I just love the frost problem. Yeah, but that's not what I'm thinking of. But you're right. It's definitely the strain, but I don't know what I'm thinking. <laughs> anyway. Um, but when he shoots him in the head and he's like, oh, come on. Come on, Johnny. Oh, come on. God. It's like actually Beautiful. upset that, that Johnny didn't hit him. Yeah. Anyway, Tombstone, Doc Holiday, Johnny yeah. Ringo. Smelled like someone died. What was the other one? Or is that on your list? Uh, just the actual OK Corral. Sure. Not a mention to that one, yeah. Um, Alex, number three. My number three is Boondock Saints. When the Saints are done um, cleaning house at that poker game, and they turn around, and uh, Willem Dafoe thinks it's six guys. They turn around to see six guys pointing their guns at them, but it isn't. It's just, uh, what's the guy from Muppet Treasure Island? Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly <laughs> with a vest, and he's got six guns on him. Oh, that was great. That, that that was funny because the other two or three times in the movie, the the whatever, the junior detective is like completely wrong, but this is the one time he's right. <laughs> yeah. 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 What about one guy with six guns? Why don't you let me do the thinking genius? That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. And he shot. All, all uh, four of them got shot. Yeah, they all got shot. Rocco's finger flew off. Everybody had just like flesh wounds and everything. Even El Duce. It's badass. That's a good scene. Alright, I still haven't seen that. Um, I just sent you guys really? a picture. I was looking up Damn. of the gun stick. I can't find it, but this picture showed up. I just sent it to you guys. I don't know how <laughs> that pops up. <laughs> gun stick. Basically, it's a, it's a picture from Terminator 2 and Arnold's on the, the Harley chasing after John. And they replaced the shotgun with a selfie stick. <laughs> oh, uh, new new spoilers, by the way, since you brought up Schwarzenegger. Like, uh, um, the Terminator and Star-Lord are going to be family. I saw that. Just tossing it out there. <laughs> it's going to be one magnificent baby. All right. Where are we at now? Scott, number three? Yes. So going back to Tarantino... Uh, that would be Inglorious Bastards. Nice. Um, the what? What's the game that they're playing? Card on the forehead. Yeah, it's supposed like celebrity or something. I don't know what it's called. But uh. and then they they figure it out though, and they have got like the, the Till Schweiger. Um, he's got the the dagger pointed at his dick, and the 
Yeah, and then it winds up in this big shootout, and everybody dies except for um, is Hammer's Mark or Hammerstein? I forget what her name is supposed to be, but they'll set up for that. Mr. Schmucker. Yeah, and then uh, um, he gives it away by holding up three fingers, the way someone in the West would do instead of the Germans, mm-hmm. um, where they they hold up the the last three fingers. No, the thumb is included. Oh, the, so thumb. the thumb and your first oh, thumb. Three okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and that's how he gives himself away. And then he has the great line, or this is a Magneto, a Fastbender. He has the great line about how, well, if this is going to be it. I'm going to die speaking the Queen's English, or the King's English at that point. King's English. Oh, chum or something like yeah, that, yeah. yeah. And then uh, the, SS, the wily SS officer um, susses everything out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, well, then right after that is when Brad Pitt's yelling down, talking. He calls it a, st- a Mexican standoff or something like that. <laughs> when. Just one of the kids is left, right? And doesn't you shoot him? I think I don't remember. But he's like yelling down, "Eric, go to that's a Mexican standoff. That's not good for me." See, I forgot what he said. I don't know why he's talking <laughs> like that either. Guiliani, Bongiorno. All right, uh, we're on number twos. Yeah. Yes. Uh, my number two, and I'll see if you guys allow. It's not a typical like gun standoff, but. Uh, it would be Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, the Battle of Helm's Jesus. Deep. Helm's Deep, thank you. When the Urukai are just standing out there, they're chanting, but no one's attacking. Uh, the humans are have their bows drawn, but no one's doing it until Old Man <laughs> Christmas lets a uh, an arrow fly. So it's just a little bit of a standoff, and I want to talk about Lord of the Rings. So yep. there it is. <laughs> That's a lucky ass yeah. shot, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Then so it begins. Is this all you can conjure, Saruman? Uh, and then one of the best <laughs> fantasy battles of all time. And then Legolas serves a shield. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is not even close to the most ridiculous thing that he winds up doing if you count on all of the shit. Two Towers, Lord of the Rings. Scott, uh, Alex, number two. My number two is an unconventional Mexican standoff in Shot of the Dead. Yeah. It's a good one. <laughs> Where Sean has just lost his mom because she got bitten and she passes away. And then, uh, what's his face? The idiot with the glasses. He's like, get out of the way. And he's pointing the Winchester at him. He's like, what? And then it, it's like, what are you trying to shoot my mom for? He's like, he's, he has a point, but he's being a real dick about it. He's like, he's going to turn, and then all of a sudden, Nick Frost gets a corkscrew, and he points it at him, and somebody else uh, pulls out another gun, and then his girlfriend's like, hey, wait a minute, I don't have a weapon, this feels a little bit unfair. And so Nick Frost just grabs a beer bottle, smashes it, hands it to her, and so she points that at uh, Sean's neck, (laughs) just so everybody's even. (laughs) Uh, That was great. It was. Well, I gotta watch that one again. It's been a while. Yeah, me too. Yeah, same. The whole trilogy. Have we done that movie? I don't think we have. No, we did Hot Fuzz. Mm. Yeah, adding it to the list. Add the other two while you're at it. Well, we already one of them on my list. We already did. Uh, you said Hot Fuzz, but I'll do because I haven't even seen the other one. What's it called? World's End. Yeah, no. yeah. Okay. I got that one. Okay. Um, uh, Scott, number two. Number two is Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, toward the beginning, they, they stumble upon the uh, in Jack and Wang 
stumble upon the Chinese standoff. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> Don't but, make yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wang uh, explains the whole thing to him. Um, basically, like a Mexican standoff, except the, 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 the Wing Kong and the Chain Sing like, faced off against each other. And then, uh, mm-hmm. and all, then the, uh, the three storms show up and all hell breaks loose. And, um, yeah, just the <laughs> this idea of a Chinese standoff cracks me up. Uh, I love that movie. Anytime any of us mention it, I just want to, as soon as we're in recording, go watch it. Yeah. yeah. You shall come out no more. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> come out no more. Love it. Black blood of the earth. You mean oil? <laughs> no. I mean black blood of the earth. Yeah. That's so good. All right. Uh, my number one is Raiders of the Lost Ark, the standoff between Indy and the Swordsman. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Damn it, that's good. That's good uh, everyone knows the scene, so I don't have to say about it anything more. Just ah, uh, it's classic cinema history right there. Alex, number one. My number one is Reservoir Dogs. Such an iconic scene, just the whole movie, but it's a perfect ending. Yeah, phenomenal. Nice. All right, Scott. Um, going back to something that's come up fairly recently in some of these lists, and that's a uh, Cowboy Bebop. Uh, the eventual um, oh, yeah. showdown and standoff yeah, between too. between Spike and Vicious uh, is is classic. Um, not spoiling anything, um, and they they do some super fucking cool like gun fu there. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Cowboy Bebop the the final showdown there is Cowboy Bebop a movie or a show? It's it's a show. There's like twenty two episodes, twenty four episodes. Oh, never mind then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I was a, thinking. I was th- it's shorter than a standard season. So I was, yeah, I was, I was thinking about <laughs> thinking about it, and uh, <laughs> it was like, you know, Jeff might like some of this, but there's no way he would ever get through the whole thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, twenty is a lot. Like I've done the other movies you guys have, but a movie's fine. There's there is a Cowboy Bebop movie that actually has some pretty rad stuff in it, but uh, mm-hmm. any one of these days. All right. Yeah, we'll put it on our list. Very cool. I had one honorable mention that was Inglorious Bastards, which Scott already said. Um, any any others from you guys? Uh, does uh, I guess Han and uh, Greedo don't count? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I mean, Greedo's got a gun pointed at him. Sure. There it is. All right. Uh, it's time for Alex knows sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball. So Pacquiao. The Pac-Man himself, 40 years old, going into another fight, fighting a Broner. A Broner? Yeah. I don't understand. The guy's it. name is Broner. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sound like Broner? Probably. Mm-hmm. It's spelled Broner, though. <laughs> but damn, what a career the, the Pac-Man has had. A boxing legend already. This might be one of his last, you know, fights. I don't think he's going to reti- uh, retire with this one. Amazing but. recording artist. Mm-hmm. A politician <laughs> and probably, more than likely, pres- future president of the Philippines. Well, I, I think Duarte is going to have that for life, but uh, just, just saying. <laughs> I don't know. Pacquiao, knock him out. <laughs> are you bad? Are you, are you bad enough dude, dude bad to, take out? to take out the president? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I think he is. Also, the Rams uh, won. They're one step closer to the Super Bowls. They are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
How about them cowboys? How about them cowboys? But now we're going to get spanked by the Saints. But that's right. It was fun (laughs) while it lasted. Yeah. Okay. Um, It's time for Neom News. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah. Okay. I'm keeping this quick. Uh, A show that I really enjoyed the the first season of is, is back. And that is Seth MacFarlane's The Orville, um, which I've said before is basically, it's they took Star Trek: The Next Generation, made it, made it even more Star Trek: The Next Generation, uh, with, with some of the MacFarlane humor. Although there's a surprising lack of the the typical MacFarlane jokes and things like that throughout the show, but uh, um, it's back. They're, they're, <laughs> Did they flash back to like a Cosby episode no. or something? And, yeah, there's no. those flashbacks. Um, <laughs> Yeah. No. Did, did you ever see A Million Ways to Die in the West? I did not, no. Uh, I did not yeah, either. I, I recommend that one. But, uh, yeah. And that, he's just constantly reeling off jokes, like, nonstop. And he's not doing that here. Uh, he's playing it straight for a lot of it. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy it. I'm glad it's back. It's already three episodes in. Um, enjoying it so far. Um, moving on to my requisite Marvel news. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Phase 4 is still kind of a mystery. Um, there's a lot of talk about a Black Widow movie um, finally happening, uh, but recent chatter is that uh, they're looking at maybe doing a, a rated R Black Widow movie, uh, uh, which could be yes, which could be interesting. I don't know if Feggy would let that happen, but it could be cool because she's she's a fucking assassin, like more so yeah. like more so than any of the other characters. She'd be about like killing people, like unfairly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I I look forward to it. I think if anything, like she fucking deserves it. <laughs> Everybody else got their, I guess not Mark Ruffalo, but or Hawkeye. I guess Hawkeye. We're never gonna see that yeah, that Hawkeye solo Hawkeye Hulk movie. Did. He had his chance. Yeah, but so, uh, but yeah, Hawkeye movie would be cool. Yeah. She definitely deserves her own movie. I don't think it'd be should be rated R I, you know, unless she's running around nude or something. But like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it doesn't make sense. Like, why would she be on like? Stabbing people in the throat in her movie. Then when she's back with Captain America, she's doing just spinny kicks. Yeah, that. yeah. I wonder about that. And then I can't imagine them, even if it is violent, like them throwing in the other stuff, like the nudity and the swearing. Yeah. Like I, I have a hard time seeing that. But I don't know. It, it, it's it's interesting to think about. It. Like, what would an R-rated Marvel movie look like? An MCU. R. Sorry. Yeah. R-rated MCU movie look like? Yeah. Um, so we already got, like we got, yeah, we got Deadpool in the last, Lo- <laughs> in the last uh, Wolverine movie. Logan it was pretty yeah. brutal. Um, so yeah, there's that, and then finally, a quick review. I stayed up super late <laughs> to watch Solo. Uh, it just came out on Netflix. And uh, yeah, oh wait, we're gonna do an episode on that. Don't talk about it. Yeah. Okay. I'll watch it. Okay. Yeah. So we've done every other Star Wars movie. Might as well just do a whole right, I just I just want to say one thing about it. The okay. very first, like I think I I put this up in the group chat, but the the very first fucking thing that happens is there's some exhibition text on the screen. And not even like the usual Star Wars text scroll. Just right. some text and like the very first thing is the galaxy is desperate for like something, something and in all caps, hyperfuel. And I was sitting there going <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> They're really pushing this fuel agenda. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. They really got boner for 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 hyperfuel or fuel or whatever. They don't even call it hyperfuel in uh, Last Jedi. Do they just say fuel? Yeah, yeah. It's so, it's so dumb. 
But, uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll have to save that for an episode. But I did watch it, yeah. though. Just tossing it out there. Good, good. Yeah, I def- I've been waiting for you guys to watch it. So now it's on Netflix. Alex, get her done. We'll do an episode. The yeah, fans want it. it. <laughs> they demanded it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's all I got. Um, Alex, anything you wanted to go over? Uh, yeah, I got a question for you guys, or for Scott specifically. Uh-oh. In the early '90s, in the arcades, what was the most feared opponent you could match up on in Street Fighter Two? A little Chinese boy. A kid, yeah, a kid wearing like a red hat. <laughs> that happened to me. <laughs> Close. A ten-year-old Japanese girl. Oh. And, uh, on Netflix, they made an anime about it, and it's fantastic. Okay. What's what's the name? It's of it? called it's called High Score Girl. Okay. It's on as I mentioned, it's on Netflix right now. It's a it's a slice of life anime which I really don't go for, but this one has like a shitload of video games, like actually licensed footage from old video games in the nineties. It's set in like mostly arcades in Japan, and it's just interesting to see how arcades were in Japan in the 90s as opposed to what we grew up with and uh yeah in every scene there's always an arcade playing in the background somewhere you can always spot like little easter eggs sometimes they show off games that were japan only and it looks so cool it's like oh man i wish i could play that yeah and uh one of the best parts is that there the the guy that's the main character he's like a, a guile main that's his guy and sometimes he ha- he has guile as his conscience. <laughs> and it's not like anime guile, it's like pixel art guile. <laughs> and he throws some sonic booms to knock him like out of a daze and stuff to, to keep concentrating. It's amazing. It's funny, it's heartfelt. Uh, check it out. Alright. Anything else? Nope, that's it. Alright, Jeff, anything you wanted to go over? Just a quick review, and hopefully we'll do a full review on this movie, but I saw Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse whatever the official title is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Really good. You know me, I'm not a big animation fan, but I love the animation on this, and the story was really cool. I liked it. One of the best Star Wars movies to come out recently. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely the best Star Wars movie I've seen. <laughs> and and one of the best, I'll say, comic movies I've seen in a while. Yeah, it's getting, so, getting, a, lot of, getting a lot of good buzz. Everybody's saying yeah, really good, good things buzz. about it. Yeah. And this is as far from rated R as possible. I think this might just be regular, probably PG thirteen, but it's maybe even PG. I don't know. It's really good. They had the uh, comics code approval on the front, so maybe it was just PG. I don't know, but it was hmm. really good. It's got a lot of the characters, uh, you know, good and bad, uh, good good guys and stuff, and just really enjoyed it. So if you haven't seen it, go see it in the theater, and hopefully we can do a full review on it sometime in the future. All right. Yeah, I still have to watch it. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's it. So. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.